Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or whether you're subscribed on iTunes so you're getting every episode guaranteed. I appreciate all of you for doing that. Thank you very much. Appreciate all the feedback the show gets. You know who you are. And uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I've been trying to uh, refine the show as far as getting nicer things for it. You know, just kind of uh, reevaluating some of the themes I got going on here. Most importantly, and I'm probably going to laugh myself years down the road for just even bragging about this on the air, but just recently figured out how to do the Skype uh, while recording it. So you just might be getting some interviews down the road here on Rock Strikes 10, but uh, don't worry, there it's not going to stray at all from the theme of the show. So uh, very excited about future prospects for Rock Strikes 10. So get on the bandwagon now, because we're only going up from here on out. So talking about new beginnings and everything for the show as, as this time rolls on here, what I'm going to do today on the show actually has to do with endings. Going to do some of my all-time favorite last tracks from, you know, the full-length albums. I've been wanting to do this theme for a while, actually as early as the very first episode where I was focusing strictly on track ones, doing the last tracks on the show here today. So, should be a lot of fun. This isn't like an all-time top ten, although I probably should do that at some point. This is going to be kind of a mixed bag of stuff. So just uh, kind of a stream of consciousness, actually. I don't have a solidified playlist. I'm literally going to pick them out of the air from this little small list I have. If I think of anything else, I'm just going to put it on, and we'll see what happens. I'm sure once I go back and listen to this, yes, I do listen to the show, uh, but once I go back and listen to this, I'm probably going to be like, oh, I can't believe I left this off or that off, but let's just see where this takes me, this stream of consciousness first song I'm going to play here. It's going to sound like I'm ending the show ten times in a row because these are such strong closers, but let's just go with it. First track, uh, this is definitely one of the all-time great closers in music history, let alone rock and roll history. The last song from Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction. This would definitely go on my all-time top ten closers. So here you go. Starting off with an ender. Yeah, there you go. This is Guns N' Roses with Rocket Queen.
Alright, good night everybody. No, um, we still have nine songs to go. Even after that tremendous ender slash opener for the show here tonight. On Rock Strikes 10, that was Guns N' Roses. The original and best lineup, of course, with Rocket Queen. If you don't have Appetite for Destruction, then maybe you don't get it. I don't know. Uh, that's an essential album, you know, and the, the buying public definitely has ruled it as such and it's a Rock Strikes 10 approved album also not an overrated classic album and uh, I guess my stream of consciousness takes me over to this next song I was actually just listening to this record again the other day for the first time in a long time and damn now I think this might be the band's best album I go back and forth between the second and the third but man this album is so solid I can't help it and I've been kind of, you know, not really listening to a lot of this band over the last few years because the lead singer makes it easy for me not to. But, you know, when I go back and listen to the albums, damn, they're quality albums, so I can't help it. Stone Temple Pilots, really, really good rock band. And the third album they put out, Tiny Music from the Vatican Gift Shop, has some of the best stuff they've ever done. Like I said, there's, I, I don't think, maybe there might be like one or two filler tracks on the whole thing, but the rest of the album is just really good and solid. Uh, the last track on it is no exception. Uh, this is a song. Uh, if you didn't never make it to the end, then you missed out. Here you go. This is Stone Tipple Pilots with Seven Cage Tigers.
Alright, that was Stone Temple Pilots with Seven Cage Tigers. The last song from their third album, Tiny Music. Uh, go pick up that record. I approve of that record. It's Like I said, it's very solid top to bottom. Great closer on there, of course. And I know they just put out their first ever Blu-ray concert performance. So, um, you know, I looked at the track listing. It looked good enough, so I'm going to go check it out. So I'll let you know if you're going to wait for my review on it. I don't know how many of you actually do that. I doubt very little, but I'm going to go check it out. So if I like it, I'll recommend it. And uh, moving on, I know that, you know, it's funny that playing Guns N' Roses right after Stuntable Pilots, the reason I thought of that is because at some point those two bands kind of got together with different pieces and formed Velvet Revolver. Uh, this next band actually is another band that kind of did the same exact thing, where you take the the band and then replace the lead singer with a lead singer from a different band that was also famous. What am I getting at here? I'm getting at a band called Audio Slave. Now, this is going to be kind of the obscure track of the list tonight, I bet, because, you know, I know a lot of people definitely heard the first Audio Slave album, but I don't think the second and third one did all that well. The second one didn't do good for good reason, in my opinion. I don't think it was very good at all. Um, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I remember trying to give it many chances and just not getting into it. But I gotta say, the third album they put out when they were at the tail end of, you know, I, I think they even knew the band was breaking up, but the last album they put out as a group was an album called Revelations. That is a very, very underrated album. Uh, it's got a lot of energy to it. It's it's definitely more on par with the first album, to be sure. So if you liked the first Audio Slave album and didn't hear anything else, go pick up that Revelations album. This is a great example as to why you should. Uh, one of my favorite last tracks ever was on the Revelations album. I think this closed out their career playing together very well. So here you go. This is the band part of Rage Against the Machine with the lead singer of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. This is a song called Moth. Turn this one up.
Alright, that was Audio Slave Swan Song there. That was Moth from the Revelations album. Uh, to me, that just sounds like inspired performing. It, it's got so much energy, and I, I think it rocks a lot. So there you go. If that's the first time you've heard that song, let me know what you think about it. So uh, I've, I've gone very incestuous over the last three tracks here. Let's see what I can do um, with, uh, you know, like Audio Slave. That was their last album, and then they ditched Cornell, went back with Zach De La Roca. Oh, uh, here we go. That's kind of a tie-in. Speaking of bands that had shakeups, uh, this is a band that's had quite a few shakeups over the years and just had their biggest one to date. Uh, because when you fire your lead singer, you know you have started a different era in your in your career. That's for damn sure. Uh, man, I'm sure a lot of you out there have been reading what's been going on in the world of Queensryche, and wow. I mean, we're talking about physical violent threats and you know, potential stabbings and uh, literally and figuratively some backstabbing, some some literal stabbings. Wow. Uh, that's just, I can't even, there's not enough time on this show here tonight for me to talk about all the Queensryche drama. But uh, basically at the end of the day, you know, the whole band basically got together as a whole and fired Jeff Tate, the lead singer of Queensryche, out of Queensryche, and they're now performing with... Uh, a guy that was just singing for uh, a band called Crimson Glory, which I know definitely had a ton of Queensryche influence. So I guess that makes sense. I haven't heard the guy, but I've heard he's been doing well, The Replacement. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff Tate had been in that band for, I guess, about 30 years, almost 30 years. And they just couldn't take him anymore, according to what I've read. The fact that they put up with him for that long is, is almost nothing short of a miracle. Or just, you know, maybe for the money, I don't know. But uh, speaking of last tracks in Queensryche, uh, they had quite a few pretty good records in my opinion. And the Empire album from 1990 uh, had a great closing track. This is kind of a leftover from the Z-Rock show because this definitely would have gone on that list. So here you go. This is the last track from Queensryche's major, uh, yeah, their, their best-selling album to date. Empire, this is Anybody Listening?
That was Queensryche with Jeff Tate on lead vocals, which now when you go see him, you will not hear Jeff Tate on lead vocals, but there you go. That was uh, a question I have pondered many times throughout the last year on Rock Strikes 10. Anybody listening? So yeah, if, I'm sure a lot of you out there know how many hit songs were on Empire, so you know, chances are you already have this album, but if you like that song, uh, you know, of course you will recognize Silent Lucidity, Empire, Jet City Woman. I mean, that was a massive record, that's for sure. I remember they used to play the videos off this album on MTV so much I got sick of them. I mean, how funny is that in retrospect that I got sick of MTV playing certain videos? Something that will never happen again, I'm sure, ever. And, yeah, I think yesterday was like MTV's uh, 30th birthday or 31st birthday or something like that. So there you go. And, you know, they died a long time ago, really. But anyway, let's see. Okay, how can I tie in the next track here? And I swear I'm just doing this on the fly. I have this, like, really long list of last tracks. Okay, we just played Queensryche. Anybody listening? Uh, should I stay on the slightly proggy hard rock? I have. Okay, yeah, let's do that because the one I had in mind was King Crimson. Queensryche? King Crimson. Yes. 
have a way of pulling it off there at the end. We're halfway through the show now. This is going to be the fifth song of the night. So let's just put a major epic right here in the middle, which I like to do. Uh, I played King Crimson on my very first show. I remember I played Epitaph off of their debut album in the Court of the Crimson King. This is the title track from said album. So here you go. Great last track. Uh, Probably still, like I said, making a top ten in my head. This is definitely going in the top ten of all time. Here you go. King Crimson with In the Court of the Crimson King.
All right, that was the final track from one of the greatest albums of all time, King Crimson and the Court of the Crimson King. Go get the album of the same name. I promise you, you will almost do no better in your record-buying life than that album. Okay, so we're halfway through the show here, and I've done a couple of uh, crazy last track epics, so let's go a little more basic. Let's see what we can do here. Should I just completely 180 this bad boy? Yeah, why not? Okay. This is another one of those uh, Rock Strikes 10 approved obscure favorites. I'm going to play you a band. Maybe you've never heard this band before, but they are super duper heavy. If you like heavy metal and a little bit of punk rock in your heavy metal, you're going to love this band. Uh, it's a band I've been into for over 10 years now, ever since their first album came out. I believe it was like 98, 99. Uh, a band called Amen, led by the uh, very crazy, possibly schizophrenic uh, member Casey Chaos, who has been the leader of that band since day one. Uh, love this band. They have had a revolving door of members, uh, probably because of Casey. Um, I almost had somebody go on record with that one time, so maybe I shouldn't out them. But as far as I know, it's not the easiest band to be in. And if you're not in the band, you'll like them a lot better. But uh, that's all I have to tell you for now. Maybe more later. But till then, I'm going to play you. This is one of my all-time favorite closers, so I'm glad to play it here on the show. This will kick things up quite a bit. This is the last track on Amen's second album called We've Come For Your Parents. One of the best extreme albums of all time. If you know, I I just anytime you know I get pissed off, like in rush hour traffic or whatever, I just want to make it worse. I just put on Amen and they'll do the job. The last track on We've Come to Your Parents is a killer. So here you go. This is called Here's the Poison.
that was Casey Chaos and Company, better known as Amen, with Here's the Poison. That'll that'll wake you up there. Uh, I remember reading a really crazy story about them. I think it was around the time that that second album came out, where they were playing a show, and Casey is so crazy on stage that apparently he jumped off the drum riser, and the uh, the ceiling of the club was like pretty low, lower than normal, and he hit his head on the ceiling knocked himself out, gave himself a concussion. Uh, you know, of course, the show kind of came to a screeching halt right there, pretty much at the very beginning of it. Uh, went off stage. They didn't know if the show was going to get canceled or not, and they were like, okay, the show's got to be over. He's got a concussion or whatever. He, You know, he's out of it. But apparently, like, 20 minutes or so later, he's back on stage, does the whole set. Uh, you can call it All for the Love of Rock and Roll, or you can call it Incredibly Stupid. You be the judge. But that guy is committed. You can't say that he's not. So, there you go. Nice, fun track there. Maybe you're listening to it in traffic right now. I hope it helped. <laughs> hope you didn't get a ticket or kill somebody. Um, let's keep up with the uh, high energy here. And I'll tell you another little story. Uh, next band I'm going to play is a band that I recently witnessed from the side of the stage. My first time ever on the side of a stage. Uh, going to play something by Motorhead. You know, I got to remember these kind of things, uh, especially, you know, as the show moves forward. I should never say something I'm going to do for the show if it hasn't happened yet. So I firmly believe in the jinx, and I should have known better. So I was talking about on a previous episode that I was going to be interviewing Anthrax and maybe potentially Motorhead and Slayer, and that so didn't happen. Uh... Now, uh, the person that, uh, you know, is kind of my, my source, uh, my conduit to all this stuff, uh, definitely not his fault. He's been nothing but awesome to me, so I'm not mad at this person at all. Uh, matter of fact, we'll definitely be working a lot together in the future. But, you know, basically, uh, apparently the way these things work is when you get in there and you get a press pass for backstage... It's really up to the band's discretion on whether or not they want to do any press that day. And unfortunately, the ones I was really interested in talking to were not doing any press at all that day. I I think it might have actually been due to the fact that uh, we were in Oklahoma City and uh, the Rockstar Mayhem show was playing at the Oklahoma Zoo Amphitheater. Uh, You know, a lot of these bands, they have kids, they have their uh, wives and girlfriends on the road with them a lot of times. So, you know, you're you're by a zoo, you know, spend the day at the zoo instead of talking to the press. I mean, they talk to the press every day. So, you know, good for them, bad for me, but I, I totally understand it, you know. If I, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be like, yeah, let's go to the zoo. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, so yeah, no sour grapes. Um, you know, I know that at some point, if I work hard enough on this show, then, uh, you know, all those people that I wanted to talk to that day will be on the show at some point or another. So... Not worried about it, not bummed out at all. You know, I mean, looking at this very positively, it was a great experience. It was tons of fun. Even just being backstage and just, like, kind of, you know, seeing all these people without making like I'm looking at them or staring at them, it, it, was, it was pretty damn cool, you know. You know, seeing the guys from Anthrax and Slayer and Motorhead walk around, and, you know, you're not bugging them, but you're just like, hey, what's up? And, uh, yeah, it's, that's pretty damn cool. I mean, and the fact that... It was one of the hottest days of the whole summer. And that's saying something in the South. But, uh, you know, being in shaded areas, being around catering and all that, it's it's a blast. It's a trip, you know. Everybody's 
anybody who's cooler, anybody should have it that easy. It's, it seems like a lot of fun. So, uh, basically, for a lot of the sets, we got to just hang on the side of the stage and just uh, watch, just like a lot of the band members do. So it was really surreal and crazy, and uh, a great time. Wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a, the, one of the most positive road trips I've ever been on, and uh, got to spend it with some really cool people. And uh, yeah, so I want to thank Roy for making that happen, and uh, I want to thank uh, my lady Nola, who you know from listening to the show coming on the trip and being awesome uh the photos that you're gonna see from this trip are like all taken by her for the most part like 99.9 percent of them so when when those pictures do surface uh you will know who takes full credit for that uh being in the photo pit and being in there with her and just being in the photo pit in general is craziness and it's awesome and i could get used to it so Doing that, doing the the photo stuff, and doing the side of the stage was was pretty damn cool. Uh, so watching Motorhead from the side of the stage, uh, you know, it pretty much almost doesn't get any better than that. And even though they didn't play this song in their set, this is one of my favorite closers ever. Once again, this is from uh, you know definitely a Motorhead album that's not talked about a lot, but it's in their catalog, and it's one of their best. So you got to go get it. It's from the 1999 underrated gem called we are motorhead it's the title track enough of my yakin turn this bad boy up here we go
it, that was Lemmy, Phil, and Mickey, better known as Motorhead, with We Are Motorhead from the album We Are Motorhead from 1999. The whole album is that awesome, so go get it. Also a great cover of Sex Pistols' God Save the Queen on there. So yet another reason to pick up that great record. Underrated, and this is why you listen to Rock Strikes 10, getting the stuff you don't hear every day. Uh, you know, like the kids that had never really seen Motorhead just yelling for Ace of Spades the whole time. What are you going to do? <laughs> Alright, so we have played seven songs here. we got three more to go. I think I know definitely two of the three I'm playing here at the end. Uh, let's tie this in again. You know, it's funny. I bet a lot of the major income for Motorhead and, and Lemmy in general is due to the fact that, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people may not know this, but Lemmy co-wrote like half of Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears album. And that was one of his biggest sellers ever. I think it, you know, probably up to like four or five million at this point. But Lemmy co-wrote a lot of songs in there, including Mama, I'm Coming Home, which is a massive, massive hit. And they still play it on the radio like all the time. So I bet you Lemmy still gets a lot of good royalties from that album in particular. So I bet that helps finance a lot of Motorhead stuff. So, uh, you know, just getting to write those kind of songs, getting those co-writes, that really, I'm sure, helps tremendously. So since that's on the brain, I'm going to play you something by the great Ozzy Osbourne. Why not? I play him on the show enough. I'm sure I've played at least him and Sabbath a couple of times apiece. But if you're talking about album closers, it almost doesn't get any better than this. Uh, sadly, this was the last studio track that Randy Rhodes ever performed on, but man, he went out with a bang, uh, getting to use a lot of his classical music influence and just create something just epic. It's, it's amazing. I get chills listening to this song to this day. So here you go. This is from Ozzy Osbourne's sophomore solo album. This is the title track, and it is Diary of a Madman. Thank you. 
geez, all these great closers. It's I feel like I'm ending the show like every time one of these songs finishes. Like that, that has to be it. This is such a weird show for me. But there you go. That was Ozzy Osbourne with the late great Randy Rose and the Blizzard of Oz band doing Diary of a Madman, a classic, epic. You know what else can be said? Uh, I I think I know what the very last song is going to be, but now I'm struggling to find out what the second to last song is here. Oh, this is compelling radio. Jeez, what to do, what to do. You know, I think I'm going to go this route here, actually. And it just kind of reminded me because of all the, like like I said, the classical music nuances of Diary of a Madman made me think of this. This is an amazing closer, and you know, you've had to deal with some epics here, and the last song will be no exception. So I'm going to do a little bit shorter song here for this next one. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands, and I've played them on the show before, uh, a band you may not be very familiar with, but Rasputina, uh, great band, and it, I think this will tie in pretty well after you hear Diary of a Madman especially. So this is the last track off of Rasputina's second album, How We Quit the Forest. I probably, if I had to pick out of their catalog, it's my favorite Rasputina album. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, This track definitely helps. Great closer. This is Rasputina with Watch TV.
yeah, that that song gives me chills every time I hear it. I know I said that about a couple of songs here, but I I love that song, and uh, just makes me feel good. That was Rasputina with Watch TV, off of their second album, How We Quit the Forest. If you're gonna start and get something by them, that is not a bad place to start. So take it from me, it's a great album, and you know it's you know actually that's funny. I didn't even think about it, but the first song on How We Quit the Forest is a song called The Old Headboard, and they sample Black Sabbath on that track. They probably didn't even pay for it, so good for them. But there's a, a loop uh, from the first Black Sabbath album. I think it's uh, uh, from uh, Behind the Walls of Sleep, I think. But they just looped the drum track over and over again for that one song, so... There you go. Hey, it's still tied in. You know, I just went with, oh, this is kind of a classical music thing. But... It tied in even better than I thought, yeah. So yeah, alright. I'm having fun here on the show tonight. I just like uh, playing songs for you guys. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're with me on this. Uh, You know, of course, uh, from the crazy, classical, oddball, goth stylings of Rasputina to the oddball, crazy, anything stylings of Frank Zappa. So this week is a big week not just for Zappa fans, but it should be for everybody who is in the uninitiated as far as being a Frank Zappa fan. This is the time to get in on Zappa. They have now just reissued, I think, like the first 10 Zappa albums out there. So go get all of those albums. That is law. You must have them. Just go do it. Go go look up the order of albums on his discography, like on Wikipedia, and then go buy those reissues and just wait for the next wave. Absorb them, get the next wave. You won't be sorry. It is not just rock and roll. It is everything. Classical, jazz, rock, doo-wop, uh, everything. Hard rock stylings, comedy rock stylings. I mean, the guy is one of the true chameleons in the history of music. Uh, nobody can hold a candle to him, and nobody ever will. So here you go. When I first start thinking about last tracks on albums, to me, this is one of the only ones ever. This is off of one of my all-time favorite albums, and after you listen to this album and you're just totally drained emotionally and everything else, musically, uh, then you get this, this really really fun song that will just stick in your head for days and weeks and months on end because ever since I've heard it it still pops in my head quite a bit so here you go this is Frank Zappa off the 1979 Joe's Garage record this is A Little Green Rosetta Doesn't convince you that music. 
Japanese Sandman, take eight. A green Rosetta, a green Rosetta, a green Rosetta against the reggae veto. No, it's still reggae, but it's all backwards. record player is not a very efficient device. And a lot of times they run out of they run out of spunk right in the middle of the chorus. Causing the song to sound like this. 
However, we continue, in spite of the fact that the fuel may be low on your record player, we suggest that in places in the fourth world where things are really tough, that you keep the record player going by rubbing two sticks together. And if all else fails, throw the record away. Build your own green rosetta. Try this recipe. We'll start with a lump of grass. The grass bone connected to the ankle bone. The knee bone connected to the wishbone. And then everybody moves to New York and goes to a party with Warren. And we've flown in at great expense, triple scale no less, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Gadd's clone to play the outdoors on this song. He's really out of sight. In spite of the fact that the click track is totally irrelevant to what he's doing right now, I'm listening to the click. Yes, I'm suffering with the click track right now. This guy is totally out of sync with it, so what the fuck? Ed Mann will call him up later, show him the sign. Okay, Vinny, where's five? it out as best as I possibly can here tonight. That was Frank Zappa with A Little Green Rosetta. A lot of a lot of friends on that track and uh, if you hear this uh, woman during the song just kind of in and out uh, sounds really spacey. That's actually Dale Bozio from Missing Persons, the lead singer of Missing Persons and of course Terry Bozio playing on there. Uh, I know Vinny Colaiuta also plays drums on that album. Uh, Warren Cucurulo. So basically all of Missing Persons is on uh, Joe's Garage. So if you're a fan of that band, then that's a must album. But uh, Joe's Garage, one of my favorite albums ever. It is super duper weird, don't get me wrong, and it may not be for everybody, but I think everybody should check it out. So there you go, my opinion. And uh, like I said, one of my all-time favorite last tracks 
on any record. What are some of yours? Let me know. Uh, I know for sure I'm definitely going to be doing a volume two of this very soon. Uh, but send in your suggestions. I'd love to know what some of your favorite album closers are of all time. You know, I'm merely scratching the surface of the surface of the surface on this one. So, you know, I missed a ton of stuff. I got tons of I, I, I definitely have my list for the next 10. Easy. I've got that. But, hey, send in your requests, send in your suggestions, just send in your list in general. Let me know. I'd love to read them. I love lists, and I love my listeners. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. Go to cnjradio.com to get the iTunes link to subscribe, Facebook, like the Facebook, and just email me, joey at cnjradio.com. Please tell all of your friends that love music. Uh, I would love nothing more than that. If you can get ten friends each to listen, you'll be helping me out tremendously. So thank you very much, and like I said, big things coming. Stay tuned. Have fun. <laughs>